My speaker today is a lady from Salinas. Her name is Joan D. I'm the taller variety. Hi, my name is Joan. Okay. I'm a very grateful Al-Anon. God had a better idea years ago. He you know, I gave me one alcoholic because I didn't get the message. He gave me two. And I finally got the message. <laughs> and that's what I'd like to talk to you about this morning, how God really became real in my life. First, I'd like to tell you, I looked it up in the Al-Anon literature, and it says, because I didn't want to cross any lines with religion, and a lot of people prefer to say higher power, minus God. It says that God is the essence of our being, and that's the spiritual idea of Al-Anon. So... I'm going to share with you my experience, my strength, and my hope. I hope I don't offend anyone, but if I say something you like and you want to make it yours, you're free to. Okay? Uh, my concepts and ideas, just a little bit about me since you don't know who I am. I'm going to be 48 in September, and for years I lied, so I think I should get that straight with you right away. <laughs> When I was in my 30s, I used to say I was 30 few because and everyone thought I was saying 32. <laughs> because I was getting old and I never found out how to get happy, you see. And I felt that that should come with age, but it didn't. The wrinkles were appearing and the gray hair was appearing and I was starting to lie because I hadn't got to the place where I thought I should have been. Okay. I was raised in a family of five children in Cincinnati, Ohio. I'm the oldest girl the second oldest in the family. And I learned a lot of responsibility <laughs> at a very early age. And this really runs head on into God, you know. So I was raised uh, in 12 years Catholic schooling back home. And I thought I knew about God until I got out and started spreading my wings and finding out what life was all about. I was not prepared for alcoholism because... My parents did not drink. We had one bottle which they wanted, some kind of a festival, which was kept in the top closet for medicinal purposes only. <laughs> I didn't realize until I got to Al-Anon that my grandfather was an alcoholic, and the attitudes were carried on, of course, to my mother. I don't know about my dad's side of the family, but what's interesting to note is even though we did not see any active drinking, Two members of this five children are alcoholic, and the other three married them. So if you, if you don't think it's contagious and it's a family disease, you don't have to see a bottle. It's passed on by attitude. And that's how I got it. Well, I moved to California, and that's where I tried all my, my conceptions of how things should be. And when I was 25, there was a song that was very popular, and it, I think it was sung by Peggy Lee. It was, Is This All There Is? Does anybody remember it? <laughs> Everything I tried didn't work, you know, and it just seemed to be one mountain after another, one problem after another, you know. And that, I just knew there had to be something more to life than what I knew about. And so I divorced my first alcoholic. And then I raised two children alone in California for five years. And then I said, okay, God, I picked out the first one. You get the second one. 
you send me the husband that you want me to have because now I'm not just looking for a husband. I'm looking for a father for two children, and that's a pretty heavy job description. And so it wasn't very long. You know how when God gets in things, you know he's in things. <laughs> things don't normally happen that way. So here I changed jobs and everything in my life just started. It, it was unreal, and I knew that God was working. And, boy, I knew my husband when I first saw him. And within six months, we were married, and things were absolutely beautiful. And I couldn't have been happier on my wedding day. But I want to tell you something right now. If I could have written a script for the life that I wanted my husband and myself and the two children we had at that time to live, we wouldn't have one-tenth of what we got today because of alcoholism, okay? When alcoholism came into that script, God had a better idea. I wouldn't have asked for the things that I have today. I didn't know they were around, okay? I never knew anything about the relationships like we have. The people who served as role models and the people uh, who were friends and acquaintances and associates, they were all, it wasn't really good, but it wasn't really bad. You know what I mean? Everybody's just making it. Nothing like what I have today is a result of having this disease of alcoholism in our family. Well, it took me nine years after we got married to get my first Al-Anon meeting. And the only reason I went wasn't for me. It was because I could see. <laughs> it wasn't for him either, believe it or not. Because <laughs> I could see what I was doing to my kids. I really could. They were whirling and twirling, and I knew I was doing it. I was out of control. Well, fortunately for me, I was teachable when I came in. I knew about Al-Anon for three years, but I must not have been ready. Because I didn't hit that first meeting till January 7th, 1974, right after Christmas. You know how Christmas usually gets you? Yeah. <laughs> it's everybody's legitimate excuse to drink, right? So anyway, I had some other things thrown in on that. But I bottomed out in January, and I came to my first meeting. And it didn't take me long, because I, I was tired of the pain and the suffering. I had uncovered every rock. I tried everything before I got here. I was so shocked to find what I found. And it didn't take me long to find it. It really didn't. I ran into, first of all, I have to back you up a couple of months, is my search before Al-Anon. I started asking, how do you get to know God? That was my question I was asking around. And people gave me all kinds of ideas. You know, you pray a lot, you say rosaries, you do this, you do that. Nothing clicked. When I walked in the door in Al-Anon, then I knew how you got to know God. I heard a story many years ago that reminds me of my experience, and I'm going to just relay it on to you. It's about this little boy, and he's afraid of storms. And there's a big storm one night, and his father goes in three times to assure him that God is with him, and he does not have to be afraid. The third time he went in to talk to the little boy, he was getting a little bit perplexed and he reassured him that God was there and he didn't have anything to worry about. And the little boy looked up at his father and he said, Yes, Daddy, I know that, but right now I need somebody with skin on. <laughs> well, when I walked in the door in Alana, and that's what I found. I found God with skin on. <coughs> and they loved me and they accepted me. I hated myself when I came in here. I would have argued with you if you'd told me I was ornery, okay? <laughs> but you didn't. 
I would have I would have defended my right to be the horrible person that I felt inside if you'd argued with me that you didn't. She made that one beautiful thing. You skipped my head and you went right for my heart. People reasoned with me for years about different points of view that I had held, but it didn't do any good because I had a good mind and I'd reason right back with them. But I didn't have any defense when they went for my heart because they hit their target. And when they went for my heart, my head opened up. And when my head opened up, I started to accept the program. And the first thing they told me was that, wait a minute, some of the concepts, some of the way you think, some of the things that you believe are faulty. You've got to back you up a little bit, show you another alternative, and give you a choice. Okay? So they taught me about steps one through three. You see, I had gotten my life all scrunched into everybody else's life because I thought I was supposed to. Remember I told you I learned responsibility good at an early age? I thought I was responsible for my husband's happiness. If he was happy, he wouldn't drink. And I did everything to make him happy, and it didn't work. <laughs> I was getting tired. And then I wasn't happy anymore either. <coughs> Excuse me. So he told me that I was powerless. Not only the alcoholic alone and alcohol, but also over others. See, I'd been a helper all my life. I was the oldest girl in the family. Out there helping everybody. Let's fix it. Only I couldn't fix myself. So you gave me a lot of freedom when you gave me the first step. I knew my life was unmanageable. There was I didn't question that at all. I said amen when you told me I was powerless. Because it was a relief to know I wasn't supposed to be responsible. Because I couldn't fix it. I skipped over the second step because, you see, I had I, I knew a God and I really didn't think I was insane. And I went right on to the third step. Great, I'm very grateful for that. Because if I'd waited around to come to believe, I wouldn't be where I'm at. <laughs> he told me to keep my mind in one day, directed at God. And in the third step, he taught me that I could make choices. You see, God gave me free will when I was born, and I didn't know how to use it. I didn't know how to exercise it. I had no alternatives. I was just like a button pushed, and I performed exactly the same way every time. I didn't know that I didn't have to. It took me to be 40 years old to find out I had a choice. And I could choose, you see, the God that I understand. I had a God that was in a box. And he was very limited. When I was taught as a child, they taught me that God made me in my in his image and likeness. Well, I screwed that one up. I made him in my image and likeness. <laughs> he was critical. He was judgmental. He was condemning. He was only interested in what I did wrong, never what I did right. He had this little uh, chalkboard up there where he kept score on me. And then they told me another thing. They told me he was everywhere. So I mean, I couldn't even hide out from the things I was doing wrong. <laughs> I mean, it, it was a failing situation. It really was. I kept trying to be good. Now, second misconception uncovered. Trying to be good so that I could be happy. No. Be happy, and then you'll be good. <laughs> Do you know anybody that's happy that's nasty? No. <laughs> they don't go together. But I had learned it in reverse order, you see. So, I mean, they kept feeding me all these simple little things about God. And I was afraid. I don't tell you this before, but whenever they said the Lord's Prayer, I never included the part that said, Thy will be done. 
I was afraid to. I just stayed silent. <laughs> I was afraid if I gave him permission that all <laughs> that all of heaven was going to open up and he was going to crap on me. You know, I really did believe that. I really believed that. And I was so afraid to say, Thy will be done. That was a brand new experience coming to to trust a God. Okay? Now, I never would have done it had you not shared your experience, your strength, and your hope with me. And you did it in such a simple way that I had to go home and try it. I was so miserable and you were all so happy. So I went home and I started toe-stepping with God. And I never said, I said. I said, they said. (laughs) And I hate to confess this to you, but I used to cuss when I first prayed. I really did. (laughs) I was really trying to find out if he was really real. I say he, it can be she, it can be it. My God is love, unconditional love. Okay. But I toe-stepped with him, and you know it was really funny? He really does magnificent things for new believers. Anything I tried worked. <laughs> Anything I prayed for happened. It was I started gaining these little stacks of coming to believe. From one thing after another, just little experiences growing. And so the more I inched out and tried him, the more he showed me that he was right there and he really cared. And then they suggested to me that he had a plan for my life and that alcoholism was part of his plan. Well, that was the biggest thing in my world. My God, I'd been trying to eradicate it, and it was part of his plan. So it changed my entire thinking from one side to the other. So they said my husband was sick, I should leave him alone and just concentrate on myself and my relationship with God, get my life straightened out, and start walking. So that's what I tried, and it worked. I started getting happy. I even caught myself whistling and humming, and I never did that. I could start laughing at things. We hadn't laughed for so long. I mean, everything was kind of melting down. I found out that when I stuck to what was mine, I actually had to do this by making a list. If you know me, you know I do everything by list. <laughs> Okay, and that was after I came down on and quite a while before Alan on, but you know, right before Alan on nothing was in order in my life. So I started making the list. I put three columns. What were my responsibilities? What were my husband's responsibilities? And what were God's responsibilities? And then I had to stick to my side of the list, you see. Just mind my own business. Well, when I started working on this list, I found out that I was immensely happy and that everything that was on my list I could do with God's help. I mean, there wasn't anything too heavy one day at a time for me to accomplish. So I decided that God must have a better idea. So, And it takes habit. It takes practice. I practice, 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 including God in my life because I wanted this so desperately. Every once in a while, I'd come into a big one, and I didn't know what to do with it. And so I started my letters to God. Almost everybody in Salinas writes letters to God now. (laughs) If you haven't tried it, it works, okay? (laughs) 
It really works. You don't write the letter because God needs the letter. <laughs> you write the letter because you need the letter. Okay. Someplace along the line, it, they said, well, you got to get it out of your head. So I figured, well, writing or talking. Well, I talked the prayers a lot, but I never remember exactly how I worded it. So that's how I started the letters. Dear God and the date. One problem per page. Okay. <laughs> write down what I see, how I feel, and always end it with, Thy will be done. Okay. And always leave about three or four or five lines at the bottom so that when the answer comes, <laughs> you can write it in at the bottom of the page, you see. So, some things are uh, answered very quickly. Others take a while. But you see things, okay? Everything has, I don't believe in coincidence at all. <laughs> Not anymore. I used to. So I started this little book, and for whatever reason, I started on the last page of a notebook. So you know what I got now. The notebook comes forward. The faith gets stronger. And it's great. When you're having a low day, go back and read some of the other desperate prayers you prayed and how God answered them. And he's always has a perfect answer. Okay? That, it really overwhelmed me, this book. So I had to uh, pass that little idea along to people. But it taught me how to trust. And trust is something that you have to practice for it to grow. It doesn't come automatically. Everything in this program depends on action. If it's just a good idea, forget it. You're not going to get it. <laughs> Ideas come and go. But it's the practice. Something happened in that third step when I took it. And I remember I was three weeks in the program. I was sitting back in my room, and I decided to give it all up. I didn't feel anything that day. They said I wouldn't. And uh, for about a month after, I had this overwhelming awareness. Everything that had been plugged into my head for years that was good about God dropped down about 19 inches on the left-hand side. And somehow I knew I was valuable, that he loved me and I had some worth. You see, because if you'd asked me what I thought about myself about that time, I would have told you that I had the greatest inferiority complex in the world. Everybody said, well, why do you feel inferior? You don't look like you're inferior. It doesn't have anything to do with the outside. It has a lot to do with the inside. Okay? That's how I saw myself. I was a perfectionist. Oh, God, if you knew how I worked at that. All the wasted energy. Okay? God's the perfectionist. I don't have to be one. I couldn't be human. Okay? I had all these terrible binding habits that I had carried along and practiced for so many years that they were totally ingrained as reactions now. So I had to go back through all these things and start sorting out how I was thinking because how I think affects my attitudes, my attitudes affect my words and my actions. And when it all this changed, someplace along the line somebody said, wholeness. Gee, that sounded like completeness. You know, I wanted that. So I started saying, okay, God, you have your own way, but I want to be whole. Okay? I had no idea where I was going. I said, I want my family to be whole. I know a lot of women that say, I want a sober husband. I don't say I want a sober husband. I want a whole husband. <laughs> I want to exist sober. <laughs> I mean, just take the booze away. What else you got, you know? 
I want the whole thing. I want him physically, mentally, and spiritually whole. You know, I want whole relationships. I just don't want a piece of that cake. I want the whole thing. And I do believe that that's what God set me down here for. Everything. I don't believe that he set me down here to fail. I think he gave me everything that's necessary to be a success with myself and other people and with him. See, to me, the, the whole idea of spirituality is God, myself, and everybody else. And that's all there is. And this program has made it work for me in my life. It really has. See, not knowing who I was once I took that third step, made that decision to surrender my life and my will to God. In the fourth step, he started teaching me what I surrendered, because I didn't know. Everybody says, you got to love yourself. Well, hell, I didn't know myself. The lady says to me one day, she says, you love your neighbor five doors down. I said, I don't know her. She, I got the idea. The minute it came out of my mouth, I knew I didn't know me either. <laughs> I knew what I did, but I didn't know who I was. I thought I was what everybody else thought I was, or what they said, or what I thought they said, or how I thought they felt. I mean, all these terrible communications, you see. I did not have any idea who I was. And only through reflected through God through you did I find out. I was led to a lot of books that added to my understanding. I was open to it at that time, to understand how we put up walls and defense mechanisms when we're hurt. You know, the four steps says defects of character. Do you know what I discovered? Do you know what every root cause of a character defect is? People go around hiding from taking the four-step inventory. They do. They feel like they're going to open Pandora's box and find out they're awful. They do. They really believe that. That's not true. That's the biggest freedom I've ever, next to turning my will in my life through the care of God and finding God was real when I found out what, who started to find out who I was in the fourth step. Biggest, next biggest freedom I've ever had. Okay? Release me from all this garbage I've been dragging around in this box of crap all my life, you know? Just cut it loose. At the root of every defective character is hurt and pain. It was put there by hurt and pain. That's sad. I mean, we get stuck because we get stuck with hurt and pain. And then we add all these walls and all these masks and all these defenses to protect ourselves from the pain of that original hurt. And we, we think that's who we are. That's not who we are. That's what happened to us. If you could trace yourself back to the original day, you were perfect when you got here. There was nothing wrong with you. You have any defects of character. <laughs> Unfortunately, we weren't born into a perfect world. We were born into a lot of hurt and pain. And so we collect it. And then we go around thinking that's who we are, and that's not who we are. So I said to God, okay, I want to be as free of this hurt and pain as I can be. Because when I'm not free, see, when I walked in the, the door in Al-Anon, my head was stuffed right up my navel. I mean, who do you think of when you got a toothache? I mean, you're not thinking about anybody else. You're thinking about yourself. I don't want my head up my navel. I want my eyes out. I want to I be all there for your pain. Okay? I, I don't want to walk around looking at my own. Okay? I want to get rid of mine so I can be available for your pain. That's what the program has, takes you to in the 12th step. Carrying the message to others. You can't if you got your head up your navel. So I had to get my head out of my navel. I had to get free of that pain. I had to find out that I was really an okay person. I had to start to love myself. I had to start to accept myself just the way I was. 
You see, if, if I was okay for God, how come I wasn't okay for myself? All right? He had a plan for my life, and it was perfect. And the more I let him, I allow him. The easier it is for me, and the more it benefits everybody I'm around, because see, I affect everybody I'm around, one way or the other. <laughs> I want to affect them in a good way now. I do. I want to carry this message of God, who is love. And I can't do it if I'm hurting. That's the opposite of it. So, I want to give you an idea of the misconception that I carried around, just so you get the idea of what I'm talking about. Okay? I, have, I love being a mom. I really do. I've always thoroughly enjoyed motherhood. I have three children. Uh, my daughter will be 25. I have a son who's going to be 17. The little one just turned 12. And then we have an older boy who, uh, we, he's, we're not his natural parents, but we raised him, and he's going to be 31. And so, I mean, we've been spread out for a few years, and I, I really thoroughly enjoy this. But I noticed that I did something that annoyed me, and I wasn't happy about myself. And so I asked God for the truth. I said, lead me to the truth of this and set me free, because that's where it's at. I said, why, when my kids are sick, do I kind of ignore them? I mean, I take them to the doctor, I feed them medicine, but I give them nothing extra. I don't rub their back, I don't read them a book. I just kind of ignore them whenever they're sick. And they're not sick a lot, thank God. <laughs> but why do I do this? <clears throat> I was very hard on myself. and went around this little club. I used to drag it out, and every time I got sick, I'd beat myself to death with this little club. So I, I gave it to God in one of these little letters, I said, now, I'm putting you on this, you know, <laughs> it's all yours, you lead me to the truth, and the truth will set me free, right? Okay. A couple weeks later, I'm talking to, in quotes, a newcomer on the telephone. You know, we're supposed to be the givers, they're the receivers, ho, ho. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I'm talking to this little newcomer, and we get in all sorts of conversations, and that day it was talking about our childhood, and guess what I said? I had all the answer up here, but I didn't know it came out. My mouth took a left, went back in my ear, and I heard what I said. I told her that I was the second oldest of five children, and I had three younger sisters, two of whom were always sick. Did you hear it? Okay. Now, they had legitimate illnesses, but they used them. Okay. As kids will do, that's normal. All right? But in that by itself wouldn't have been bad. But you see, my mother... Meaning well, it said something to me as a child that I retained that mixed with that and made it bad. <laughs> she told me that she loved all of her kids the same, except that she loved the one the most who needed her the most. Oh, goodness. I was never sick, got good grades in school, was never a discipline problem. Okay, you get the picture. Okay. So what I was saying to my kids is you're not going to get any more of my attention when you're sick than when you're well. Okay. Do you understand? Do you think I was right to judge myself harshly all those years for what I did? Do you? No. Do you think I should have understood myself, right? you think I should have been a little more gentle with myself? Huh? Okay. All right. Now, all those things you don't like about yourself, like all the things I don't like about myself, were put there by pain. Okay? Much easier to ask God who started all this in the first place, 
who knows everything that's ever happened to me since the moment I was conceived, I just turn right around, look him in the face and say, okay, here's something, this is what I see, this is how I feel about it, but now I want to know the truth. You fill in the blank spaces. You lead me to the truth so I can see it straight. See, everything I've learned in Alan on has been truth. And every time I find a truth, I get set free in another area. And so that's what I asked him that time, and that's what came up. You see, I, every time I judge myself, every time I judge what I think, without getting God's opinion, there's a judge, there's a prosecution, but there's nobody for the defense. You see? So God is my defense. He's the one I go to to see the picture clearly. I hear a lot of people in the program say, oh, God really had to kick me in the, you know where. I said, you can have him if you want him, but that's not mine. Okay? God's never kicked me. He's never punished me. He's never pushed me down. He's only lifted me up. You know how I can tell when I'm thinking about when I'm listening to him or I'm listening to the world? God's thoughts are always uplifting. They always make me feel better about myself. They're always kind, gentle, loving, encouraging. When I listen to the world, I get down on my case. I get fearful, projection, negative. Dun, 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 dun. I think when I think of the thoughts of the world. But when I tune into God, I always go up. He's never been angry at me. He couldn't care less what I do wrong. He's more interested in what I do right. And he's there available every second. I'm willing to give it to him. I have disappointed myself because, you know, when you get to learn this program pretty well, I mean, you aren't allowed to make those mistakes again, especially if you're coming from perfection, right? <laughs> oh, no. Forget that one, too. <laughs> yes, you can. Yes, you can. you got to accept your humanity. As long as I'm down here, I'm going to make mistakes. Okay? But on those moments when I've been so disappointed in myself, not only do I ask God for his attitude about situations and other people, I'm starting to ask him, give me your attitude toward me. Let me see myself today exactly the way you see me. Let me see me. I mean, maybe I got this all wrong and I'm just beating the tar out of myself for nothing. I mean, I want the truth. And that to me is what this program has given to me, is the truth. And so I have to turn right around to the one who knows the truth. I take him everywhere I go. You are looking at the weakest woman in the world. I'm not kidding you. I invite him into every phone conversation. He goes grocery shopping with me. I don't bake. I don't do anything without him. I'm not kidding you. You can't imagine what he can do. <laughs> I'm not joking. I get tickled. I do a lot of 12 stepping. Everybody said, oh, you know, wonderful Joan. I thought if you only knew. <laughs> the minute the phone rings or the minute I call one of them up, I said, I invite God into that conversation. I would no more walk into that thing by myself than anything. Okay? Because I'd be relying on my understanding. You see, I'm human and my understanding comes to here. And from there, God's goes up. Okay? I'm limited. He's unlimited. He's got the answer. I don't. I get tickled when people ask me what they should do, and then they start laughing when I don't answer because they know I'm going to tell them to pray about it. <laughs> pray about everything, boy. Go ask God what he thinks. Don't ask me. I'm just like you, you know. I don't know what you should do. He gives the specific detail instructions for everybody. There's a lot of ways in which we're similar, okay? But if you want... 
specific directions or specifics for your problem, you go to God and ask him because he wants to. He wants to give them to you. But he gave you free will. See, he gave you free will when we were born. We get to choose. Well, for 30, 40 years, I didn't choose that. You know, every once in a while, I equate my life with that, the, is, the, the Jews that wandered in the desert for 40 years. Remember? What did they do there in the desert? They bitched and they moaned and they complained. They did. He took care of them, too. He took care of them even though they bitched and they moaned and they complained. But you know what? They never found it. You know, I read someplace, you know how long it took to get across the desert? They could have got there in 12 days. 12 days and they wandered for 40 years. Have you ever noticed that the average age most people come in the program is 40 years? <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> it's true. It's true. It really is. Every once in a while we get one a little younger and every once in a while one stayed out there a little longer, you know. <laughs> but it's almost 40 years. It's really funny. You know, what is it that, you know, are we afraid to find out what God thinks? I mean, I mean, that's why I didn't say that I will be done because I was afraid. I was really afraid. I was afraid if I gave him permission, it was he was going to send me to outer Scandovi or dump some bird on me. You know, <laughs> all he did was lift. <laughs> we get this crazy thinking. You know, it's so funny. I can't repeat this bumper sticker that's going around. <laughs> I really, I have to laugh because I, I really agree with it. Said God is all angry with us. You know, well, he should be because there's a lot of people talk about him that don't know him. You know, there's so many words put out on him that aren't true. And the best way to get to the heart of anything is just go right to the source and ask, you know. Just go right straight on. I had a hard time with that. Uh, raised in Catholic Church, uh, we went through the priest to the nun, to the nun, to the nun, you know. I was always going around back doors with saints and, you know. Not anymore. Not anymore. Nope. Not when I had my personal experience. God that I understand to be just skip all the middlemen go straight for the top do and you, you know it's really funny but have you ever noticed that when you pray you don't have to wait in line I mean <laughs> you never have to wait in line you know all these people down here always sending up all these desperate I pray a lot different now than I used to I used to pray with direction you know now I, you know I find it really hard to pray for myself other than to say, have your own way. I changed I will be done to have your own way. And if I'm really tired when I get in the morning, I just say yes. <laughs> you know, another misconception that I had about God and prayer and, and spirituality and everything is that I had this thing of sincerity. You've got to be sincere, you know. No, you don't. <laughs> It doesn't say in the third step, I felt like turning my will and my life over the care of God. It doesn't say that. It says, I made a decision. Right? You know, it's funny. I don't know if any of you have ever seen uh, Father Martin's film on Chalk Talk. Okay. He uses a formula in there, and he says, God created this intellect over emotions. I over E. Well, it says that after the alcoholic drinks, he's, a, he's running around E over I. Well, that's how I was running around. I wasn't drinking. <laughs> e over I. Was emotions over intellect. 
No, no choice. The choice was on the bottom. My feelings were on the top. One day it dawned on me, I don't drive my car with my horn. Why do I run my life with my feelings? Okay? I don't have to feel like praying. I can choose to. I can choose to accept anything. I can choose to love someone. It's like love's not a feeling. It's a choice. It's a decision. It's a gift. I can choose to love anybody I want to. I don't have to feel anything. The feelings follow your choices, you see. I had that all screwed up. Totally screwed up. I can choose to love myself even if I don't feel like it. Do you know what I mean? I can choose to love you. I can choose to trust God even though last night I read him a letter and I said, Oh, I'm standing right on top of my feelings. <laughs> my throat was going, <gasps> you know, fear and panic were just taking. Now, do you think I should have believed them? No. I think it's normal to panic if you're going to talk to a room full of people about how you feel about God and your personal life, right? That sounds reasonable as hell to me. I'm sure it is to God, too, okay? But I don't have to direct my life that way. <laughs> That's how I used to do it. It's not how I do it today. I, mean, I was going to run all the way through the steps. I'd still like to, to complete, complete them just for a minute, and then we'll open it up for everybody else to talk, okay? The four steps started, the garbage coming out. I've always equated that. I like making analogies. I like pictures. I'm a picture person. I'm the one that kind of used teachers, you know, little teaching aids. I have to have aids all over the place. To give you the program in pictures, when I came in, I lived in the house, okay? The one through the third step turned a light switch on, okay? I've been living in this house for 40 years, and when the lights came on, guess what? The place was the pits, okay? <laughs> I can see all these things I couldn't see before. So then I set up cleaning, God and I, and we cleaned out all the places you clean when company's coming, Okay? You clean the kitchen, and you clean the living room, and the dining room, and the bathroom, right? You don't have time to clean closets, right? No. Not just for company, right? Okay. Well, that's the fourth step to me. When the light went on, there were things that were obvious in my life that needed to be changed. And those are the things I dealt with. I didn't try to go back to day one and resurrect everything, okay? And I, I took my inventory within three months of being in Al-Anon. And then I went right from five right on through nine. Because I figured once you get started on this role, you just keep going. You don't stop and wait two years later and then decide to be willing. You know, that doesn't make any sense to me. So I did. I took my inventory. I got all those rooms clean in order. And then I got on to ten. And now ten, eleven, and twelve to me are the maintenance steps. And they're the way I live for the rest of my life. Every day in 10, I continue to take personal inventory. I don't know if you've ever noticed it. I hear people say this in meetings a lot. They say, oh, when your husband gets well, the problems aren't over. You know, I almost die. I roll on the floor laughing. Life is not an absence of problems, okay? If we didn't have problems, we wouldn't have challenges. If we didn't have challenges, how in the world would we grow? Do you know that happiness absolutely requires problems? 
It does. That's a dirty word, isn't it? <laughs> I chaired a meeting at the conference in Monterey on problems. Do you know what the word problem means in Webster's Dictionary? If you weren't at the conference, I'm going to give you this one for free, okay? <laughs> it means to throw forward. To throw forward. Isn't that beautiful? Do you ever think it meant that? No. That's what it means, to throw forward. And they're supposed to be there. They're challenges. I mean, I didn't come in here because everything was great in my world. I came in here because I'm grasping for air. <laughs> because I had a problem, and look what the problem brought me. I am so grateful for this program. I really am. Now, every day, in every way, other little things are going to come up in my life. You see, things I couldn't handle on the fourth step, because there's no way you can clean everything out at once. And what it's like is getting back and cleaning out the closets, you see. And it affects, it. you know how I get these things? You know how I get these challenges? Somebody will show up in my life that reminds me of somebody that used to be back there sometime. And they'll hit an old nerve and something will come up and I'll say, ah, ha, ha, here we go again. You know, we're cleaning another closet. I have cleaned more closets out. <laughs> In the past eight years, because these little things that come up in the form of, in quotes, problems, relationships, you know, they're giving me opportunities to work, to take that right back to God and say, okay, now I want to be free of that too, so help me with that one. I thought, I was in the program five years, I ran into this lady in Al-Anon, and I didn't know why, you know, because you may not like us all, but you love us in a special way. I didn't like her, <laughs> and I couldn't figure it out. So guess what I did with it? I took it back to God in the letter, and I said, please, I want to know why I don't like this lady. I don't even know her, and I don't like her. <laughs> she reminded me of my sister. That's why I found out. <laughs> and it was something I hadn't settled with my sister, do you see? But I'm so grateful to God that he keeps putting these people in all these situations in my life, because if they weren't there, I'd never get another crack at it, you see? And so they're all opportunities sitting up the road. Nothing can happen to me unless God allows it. And if he does, he means it for good. Now I'm going to tell you something. I, I'm human. The first time one of those garbage can drops off in the front of my house, I would go out there and I'd try to push it away. Okay? <laughs> I do. Because I'm a human being. I don't say, oh, wonderful, open the door, welcome problem. No. <laughs> that first five minutes I'm out there just kicking at that thing, trying to push it on down the street to somebody else's house, okay? Usually stays. And when the old dump truck pulls off and leaves that garbage can, I have to start going through it. And, you know, I've never not found diamonds in the bottom of it. Just like I found those diamonds in Al-Anon, okay? I had no idea where I was going. To think that alcoholism could bring all this, it just blows my mind. It really blows my mind. So that's the inventory to me. It's a continual opportunity for growth to clean out those closets back there that I didn't get hit and couldn't have hit on the first go-round. And it's a daily opportunity to do it. The 11th step, sought through prayer. I, I like to change that one to seek instead of sought, not past tense, but present. Seek through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God, praying only for the knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. And you know, on a daily basis, that is always sufficient. And I mean it. You know, a lot of you could look at me. I've been in the program for eight years. My husband's been sober for almost seven. My family, 
our relationships are so glorious. I have watched everything restored in ways it wasn't in the first place. Okay? I I just can't. Sometimes I just stand there with my mouth open in awe at God for what he can do in relationships. I wanted all these things to happen, but I couldn't make them happen. But by coming first to Al-Anon and working on myself and giving God permission to work in my family, he's come in and done what I haven't been able to do, but I've had a ringside seat to watch it. And I've watched it all happen and restored. I, I couldn't... We don't have time to go into it. <laughs> but you can come visit any time you want. <laughs> it's beautiful. Every once in a while I think I died and went to heaven. I really do. Did you ever say to yourself years ago, why me? I say that to myself a lot these days. What have I ever done to deserve this? Truly, I don't know why I should be this blessed. Okay? I really mean that. But I am. But that doesn't mean there's an absence of problems, okay? There's challenges, opportunities to grow, okay? I've not talked about this before, but I was involved in a car accident three years ago. And it left my entire spinal column and all my nervous system in complete disorder. I can find no one to help me, okay? So I live, how, girls, fellas? One day at a time. <laughs> Trust in God, right? Okay. Dreams is a long hitch. <laughs> it is. I'm going to make it. I have no reason to doubt that I'm going to make it. Okay? That whenever and wherever, God's timing is always perfect. And I'm going to be physically well. You see, I've been spiritually healed. I've been mentally healed. And now, guess what I'm in line for? Physical healing. Right. Right. I'm going to get it, too. Because I have such a stack of I come to believe standing over there in the corner. There's no way I can discount them. God has done such marvelous things in all of our lives. He really has. But I like to always remember, we were talking about the, the steps, and when I carry the message, the only message that I want to carry is to be God with skin on to others, not to go for their head, but to go for their heart. Because when you go for their heart, you automatically get their head, okay? It opens up, and they soften with love, and then they're teachable, okay? I don't ever want to forget how I came in and what worked for me. God couldn't have done any of these things in my life if you hadn't loved me just the way I was, you know? Not after I got my act together. There's not a human being on the face of this earth that isn't hurt and doesn't need love. It's just everybody spends so much time talking head-to-head instead of heart-to-heart, you know. They do. They exchange ideas and criticisms and values and ways they see things differently. And, you know, underneath we're all one. We're all one. I ran across a saying one time, and it said, we would love each other better if we only understood. That's true. That's true. That's what happens when you come in the door in Al-Anon. You do love each other better because there's that understanding there, okay? There's a proper amount of communication with love. So, God is alive and well and growing. <laughs> and it's my, it's my beautiful pleasure to, to, to share the God that I understand today, which in no way, shape, or form resembles the one I drug around for 40 years and avoided. <laughs> but anyway, I want you to share back with me. 
what the spiritual part of the program means to you. And I do take volunteers, but I call on people if they don't, so. <laughs> so do we have some volunteers? Anybody want to share? Do you want to come up? Okay. Oh, that's all right. Me too. <laughs> yes. Oh, you have to. <laughs> Thou shall. <laughs> I'm Doris, and I'm from Fresno. Hi, Doris. I better. <laughs> First time I stood up when I came in. I didn't believe in God. <laughs> and I wish I was just halfway. And you are, but I'm grateful that I at least believe in God. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's beautiful. You know what kills me about God? <laughs> Don't you love the way I talk sometimes? <laughs> Some of the newcomers, you know, they were doing back a custom talk about God in the same sentence. <laughs> Everybody finds exactly the same thing. It doesn't matter how big you are, how small you are, how old you are, what you trained like, what part of the country you grew up in, what your education was. When you find him, it's all the same thing. Please. Thank you. I'm Woody from Citrus Heights. Hi, Woody. I don't think I need a microphone, but I'll use it anyway. Ah, <laughs> uh, you gave a beautiful message. Thank you. And you helped my spiritual program grow. Thank you. I only have one thing to say, and that's when you talked about the 11th step, you wanted to change that to I seek through prayer and meditation. And that's okay. That's okay. But you see... When these 12 steps were wrote, and these first hundred drunks tried to practice this, they said they wrote it all in the past tense, because these were the things that we did. Mm -hmm. We made the decisions. We took the action. We sought through prayer and meditation, and we practiced these principles in all our affairs, so that I can make a decision, right. so that I can clean house, so that I can seek for this power that's greater than I, and that, so that I can go out and carry the message like you. And you're a beautiful lady. And Thank God you, Eddie. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can line up if you want to. <laughs> no joke, I'll go around the table if you don't. That's different, right? <laughs> My name is Allison. I'm a grateful member of Al-Anon. Hi, Allison. I wanted to share with you that um, that I was concerned because I had heard that 16 times the chairperson for this meeting had changed, <laughs> and I didn't know who it was going to be. And, of course, being the good little Al-Anon that I am, I was panicked. And... Uh, <laughs> I am more pleased than you can possibly know because there's one thing that you gave me today and I wanted to share that back with you. Um, I've been in a place where I've been in probably the roughest um, six to eight weeks of of my recent program and I have been in a place of self-hatred and self-loathing unlike I have ever known, including going through a divorce. Mm -hmm. um, even then I still was in a place where I could blame somebody else right. for my part of my problems. Um, but this time it was all on me. 
and I understood that I had come to a place where I had worked a fourth and a fifth step on this area of my life, and I was unwilling to work six and seven. And I found that out yesterday, that I was unwilling to ask God to remove the shortcoming because I was afraid he might, and I wasn't at all sure that I wanted him to. <laughs> but what I hadn't done, and I, and I read a lot, and um, I spend a great deal of time with my God, and I talk to him and I pray, and yes, I can cuss and talk to him in the same <laughs> sentence too, um, and we have had many conversations like that. But what I have not done lately, and I'm not sure that I've ever actually done it, is to sit down and ask for his truth. Right. To sit down and say, look, Lord, this is the deal. Mm -hmm. I understand where I am. Now I want to know where you right. are. Right. And to try and get some perspective in my life. Because what I know to be true today is that I want to seek his will. And I want to serve him to his best purpose. Because that's the way my life is going to be full. Mm -hmm. But... I guess I just have never put it together, and it's not that I, I'm sure I haven't sought after his truth before, but to actually sit down and say, look, I need your perspective on it right. is something I hadn't thought of, and I really appreciate Thank that you. gift. Thank you. Thank you. It really works. It does. It really works. You know, it's so funny. If you went and you bought a food processor, you would read the directions. <laughs> Yeah, no, most people do. They go and buy an appliance, they go home, they read the directions, but they never bother to check in with them. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Thank you, please. Well, um, the first time at the microphone was when I read the obstacle, so this is my second time and I'm still shaking like a leaf. But something that I wanted to say, if there's any newcomers out here, that uh, I want to... You talked about love, and what I want to say about the benefits of the tough love was when I first came into the program, I heard, give it 90 days, or at the end of the 90 days, we'll gladly refund your misery. And uh, so, anyway, I started in to change everything around to suit myself. You know, they weren't doing it quite right, and I was going to do it better. And uh, so, of course, this wasn't working, and I became more frustrated. And one night at a meeting, I broke down and was just really crying. And I couldn't stand it any longer, so I went to the car, and this lovely lady followed me out. And she was sitting there, and she said, well, did somebody say something to touch you, or, or what's the matter? And I just said, I was just fed up with it. I didn't want an alcoholic husband. I didn't want this. I didn't want that. And she said, well, Maria, you know I love you, but if all you're going to do is sit here and feel sorry for yourself, I've got better things to listen to in the meeting. So what I'm saying is that she had the love to reach out to me, and that's what it took for me to hit bottom and say, you know, they know what they're talking about. I know. I know they do. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you, honey. It works. Yeah, love's the same key that fits every lock. <laughs> Please. Hello, my name is Anita, and I'm a very happy member of Al-Anon today. Hi, Anita. I needed to hear you talk this morning. I cannot believe what's happening inside me. I identified directly with what you were saying happens when a new believer tries it out. Right. Because I went through that phase that I term the miracle period in my life. <laughs> Everything that I let go of, something wonderful happened. Right. And after a number of years of doing this in Al-Anon, it didn't work that way anymore. Mm -hmm. And I was faced with problems and tried the methods that I had used before and that had worked and re-inventoried, talked with sponsors, 
prayed a little harder, and nothing. I concluded from this that I was supposed, when you drew the imaginary line here and said, my thinking goes this far, and from here on up is God. I thought the message that I was getting was that I was to raise my limit up a little bit higher, that somehow the free ride was over, and that no more of these easy miracles, and that that's why it wasn't working. I, I was sincere, as you mentioned, in this belief. And so I tried very hard to uncover exactly what my responsibilities were, and I likened it to a child that was going off to school for the first time, mm-hmm. and whereas maybe previously they had spent the better part of their day with their loving parent who waited on them, perhaps uh, read them a story when they were lonely or whatever, that now the big time had come for me to venture out and I was supposed to grow up. And something happened this morning in listening to you that I realized that just as when my children, oh my God, I don't believe this, I'm going to go I don't do that. <laughs> just as when I send my children off on their first day of school, they do come home. They come yeah. home in the afternoon, and I am there for them to tell me everything that's happened in their day when they have been off on their own. And I think what I've done is I went off to school, and I've been out there for many years, and I haven't come home yet, <laughs> and I need to come home oh. and uh, tell my parent what's been happening in my life. Right. Because I've been a little tired of making a lot of these decisions. Right. God, this is beautiful. Thank you so much. <laughs> to set you free. <laughs> He's God. We don't have to be. <laughs> Hi. Oh, that's wonderful. Uh, my name's Ray, and I'm a grateful Alamon. Hi, Ray. Uh, the big book of AA says God works in many strange and mysterious ways. And this is one of my favorite sayings of the program, and there's another one too, God as I understand him, because this program, all you have to do is just look around and you see all these different people, and they're all from different parts of life and that, and it's God as I understand him, and he works all over, you know, he doesn't sort out, okay, all you Jews over here and you Mexicans (laughs) over here, you know, it's it's one of the greatest things, God as I understand him, and God works in many strange and mysterious ways. The part that I want to point that I want to make about God works in many strange and mysterious ways. I sat and talked to a lady this morning for 45 minutes or so, and it's just wonderful. I've had things happen. I invited an Alateen for breakfast, and when I got here, the tickets were sold, <laughs> and I felt like, oh God. <laughs> we got her a ticket, and we had breakfast. Uh-huh. It's it's just God just works, and all you have to do for the people that don't understand it and don't believe it, just look around it. Here's people with godless skin on, right here in the room. All you have to do is just look. Uh, In my early days in the program, I I was always looking. God is off, way off of the angels or something, and he hadn't got that much time to be playing with all them angels. (laughs) He's too busy working with people. Uh, But that was my my confusion in that of where God is. Uh, Today, God is right here with me. He's just that close, and he's with you either too. You may not recognize it. A lot of people don't. You go off on this great search of where is God, what is God, and all that. Right here. I talked to an AA member one night in a meeting, and I says, what is God to you? And it's one of the best answers I've ever heard. And he says, God is simply a feeling, a feeling of a great source of power 
that was there to help you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Some of you remember me from Monterey. I talked about filling up my boots. <laughs> well, I sloshed my way up here now. Uh, when you made a statement about God having skin, mm -hmm. uh, it's yeah. true. I didn't realize that until you said it. Mm -hmm. uh, boy. A lot has happened to me in about the two years I've been in this program. Am I too close back away? Okay. Mm -hmm. That's what happens. I always try to do too much, right? <laughs> Get too close. <laughs> um, part of what I've been dealing with for a long, long time is that I've always felt like that I live my life from a lack of or a limitation. I never had enough of anything. I wasn't good enough. You weren't good enough. I wasn't handsome enough. You weren't pretty enough. I wasn't tall enough, I wasn't strong enough, I wasn't fast enough, I wasn't intelligent enough, and neither were you. So I was always going around looking for the perfect person, right. trying to be perfect myself. Mm -hmm. And, uh, oh God, here the leg goes again. Um, and it didn't work. And all of a sudden, it has hit me just within recent time. All I got to do is switch it over to the other side that says abundance. Right, right. I've got enough of whatever it is I need. You have enough of whatever it is that I need and that you need. That I don't have to live my life on the side of the column that says I don't have enough, mm -hmm. that there's a lack of, mm -hmm. that it is enough, God is enough, love is enough, God is love. I, right. It's just, it's an overwhelming, strong, unbelievable experience to to come out of how can I say it where I was in absolute desperation and being completely and totally alone to walking in a room like this and saying I ain't alone I ain't alone I got you guys and I got God and boy that kind of teamwork sure is going to make my life one hell of a lot better place to live right on that's it. Thank you. That's beautiful. I couldn't agree more. Those are three of my, my least favorite words, lack, loss, and limitation. Hello. My name is Shannon. Hi, Shannon. And I'm doing a double recovery. Good. Um, two things that you talked about hit very home, very close to home. The first is practicing your program in every aspect of your life and every day. I got away from this program when I married. My husband didn't know anything about it, didn't want me to come, and therefore I stopped. After my second divorce, I decided I needed something more because things were not too well. But I did not have... enough guts to look for it in the right avenues that were set out for me. So I continued to hurt. And in this process, I hurt my two children very badly. 
And you said you saw what you were doing to your children. Well, eventually I saw what I was doing to them. And the hardest thing in my life I ever had to do was turn them over to their fathers. They both live in separate towns. They're far away from me. And I began to get my life back into order again. God's been preparing me for this conference for about six months. He sent me to Woodland for their anniversary dinner, and I stayed with Harvey and Stell. If any of you know who they are, you'll know that I had my work cut out for me. Right. And thank God for them, and thank God for you, because now it doesn't hurt so much. And I know that they're going to be okay without me bithering every day. God's going to watch over them. It still hurts. But I know that even though they're separated from each other and that I'm far away, that when we do have the chance to get together, it's because... Excuse me. (laughs) (laughs) We all carry While they're hugging and kissing, can I give you the definition of wholeness? <laughs> okay. Wholeness means... Okay. Doesn't this sound perfect for God? Wholeness says unhurt, free of injury, okay? Recovered, restored, healed, free of defect or impairment, unbroken. I'm going to pray that God sets your family in wholeness, okay? Thank you. And um, another thing is that um, I'm glad I'm back. God, I'm glad. <laughs> Thank you all. Thank and you. you've been a part of my God with skin today. Thank you. <laughs> Well, <laughs> um, my higher power is, oh, <laughs> as I know him, I call him God. And when I first came in the program, it was, I, I had him, but I didn't have the closeness that I have today. And with this program, because I walked in and I said, I don't know, I know you're there, I don't know how to get in touch with you, I don't know how to get that closeness that I felt in the program. I felt the love, but I didn't have it inside of me. And I just had to, what the program says, is keep it simple. When I allowed myself to keep it simple, I checked my responsibilities, my free will. I didn't know what that was. And it was fantastic to find that some of that free will, to know it, um, to know God's will, my will, okay, to separate them. I had to separate those in order to to find myself, build my self-confidence. Today, my higher power, he's my friend, he's my buddy. He's with me, where before it was something up there where I couldn't reach, and it's a beautiful thing to share with someone. The love that I can give today, that I couldn't give at one time, 
And I think that's my God today is when I am able to love. What this program says is if we can share with one another the love that we have, that I have for you today, that's my higher power. That's my God. That's my giving my love to you. And that's how he works in me for us, for all of us. Thank you. I think it's about time that we close. Hi. Oh, one more? Okay. Yeah. Hi, I'm Leola. Hi, Leola. Thanks for sharing. Thank you. About 30 years ago, I parked God in a corner. <laughs> I decided I didn't need him anymore. He was okay for everybody else. It's not that I was against him. It's just that I could control my own life and handle it. I'd asked God over 30 years ago to save somebody. They were dying. It was my mom. Mm -hmm. I said, God, if you save her, I'll do this and I'll do that and I'll do this and I'll do that. And he didn't save her. So I said, I don't need you anymore in my life. And from then on, my life started kind of falling apart. So this is my second time around in Al-Anon. The first time I was in for three months, I decided I was well. <laughs> and the entire time I was there... When I held hands, I never said the Lord's Prayer because I couldn't mention God's name. I just couldn't mention it. I would stand there with my head down, mumble, mumble. I said, how can these people feel this way? Okay, I had all the answers, and I'm well, and I can just leave Al-Anon now because I really didn't think I was a part of it. I wasn't like those other people. Mm -hmm. So I left it after three months, and then I found that my life was becoming terribly unbearable. It was just getting worse and it was getting worse and I was ducking and dodging going to Al-Anon and every time I'd face somebody I'd hear, you need Al-Anon. You need Al-Anon. And the few times I started going back, something would always happen to stop me from going all the way. So this time I got up, I woke up late, I'm going anyway. I took the wrong direction. I'm going anyway. I found myself on the way back home again. I'm going anyway. So I went in and I was very angry with all those people sitting around there because they're different. And I admit to them. And then I decided to go in and try it my way. I still wouldn't mention God. And um, I was testing him then. I decided I'm very stubborn. I'm going to test God now. I'm going to test him. And I'd hear all the things that people would say. And I'd test him. And I said, I think my way is still better. And I'd try different ways, and it would get harder and harder for me. And every time I relaxed and put it in his hands, it would happen. And it was like a miracle. And I started looking at it. It's not easy for me, folks, to, to say the word God yet, but I am saying God. I can say it, and I'm so much happier about this. And it works. And it really works because I can talk about the higher power. I recall just talking on the telephone last night and for the first time I was able to talk about God without feeling as if it's a wrong thing to do and my life is becoming more bearable and I do believe I really and truly believe even though are still there are still times that I'm testing him but I found out one thing I've been okay with God all along it's just that I wasn't okay with myself right right thank you very thank much thank you That's absolutely true. I love it when people say, well, I'm an atheist. And I say, well, that's okay. God believes in you. 
Mm-hmm. He understands. He does. You never really, I mean, it's just from our view of it. It's not his view. He's not mad. He's not aggravated. He understands. He's seen every bit of programming, every experience, every hurt, every pain. He knows why we are where we are. It's just us who don't know why we are where we are. Okay? He's not unhappy with us. He really isn't. He's awfully wonderful. So I just hope it grows in you all. Thank you so much for everything. Because of technical reasons with the taping, we had to close. Uh, and I would like to thank you and all of those who <coughs> participated this morning. <coughs> In closing, I would like to say that the opinions expressed here were strictly those of the persons who gave them. Will all who care to join us in the Lord's Prayer? <laughs>